Yeah, Nadis and I were chatting, and, and I'm just, we're just going to sit down a little bit here and get a bit more relaxed, because I almost felt this morning needed to be a conversation, not, not a preach, and keep the lights low, I, I like it like this, it's, it's more, more, more intimate kind of thing, but I, I really, like, I just had such a sense again in how are we stewarding and how are we being faithful with the Holy Spirit in our hearts and in our lives, and so what, what are we doing there? Are we, are we just... Um, have we forgotten about what the Lord has done? And like I alluded to that scripture a little bit earlier. Maybe drop it a bit, otherwise they're going to not see your face. That scripture earlier in Hebrews where it says, if you seek the Lord, He will reward you. Those who earnestly seek the Lord will He reward. And so I, I had asked Nardis to, to share this morning, and like in preparation. And so I'm, I want to sit up here with him, and it might become a bit of a discussion, but he's got the lion's share. I said, if he's got the lion's share, I mean, we won't keep us that long on it. But let's just, let's just open our hearts this morning and hear what the Lord wants to say. So can I ask, just let's close our eyes, maybe just open our hands and just say, Lord Jesus, would, would, you, would you come? Would you come and we just want to receive from you this morning just as, as we, we, we sit around the word and, and we trust in you for an encounter this morning, Jesus that you would break into our lives in a supernatural way and where we've, where we've forgotten about those, those walls and those dark, danky, manky places, that, that, Holy Spirit, you would come and you would deliver and you would set us free and you would cause the light and the fresh air to stream and rush in and bring us into fullness. Would you come, Lord Jesus? Would you come? Just wait on the Lord a little bit. Yeah, so um, this morning at, at five, when the power came on, um, I've, I've asked the Lord to, to show me or just to sharpen the message. Um, so I got up, made a cup of coffee, and my preach shrank from 20 pages to 3 pages. And he knew we'll have 15 minutes. So it might be the start of a series or a sequel, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. But just um, to make sure my pastor, my leader is happy, I just want to take out my preparation. <laughs> so just hold on. <laughs> will only be 15 minutes. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Yeah, my, the topic of my message actually started a few, few months ago when we went away as leaders um, with Milani. And there was a word, um, no, yes, but... So that's the topic of my preach, and I'll link it to stewardship. Um, so sometimes we go into life with this no, yes, but mm, kind of mindset. And I want to just leave that hanging for now. Keep on no, yes, but. And then the Lord stirred in my heart about stewardship. I think that's a thing that's very close to my heart. And I don't want to talk about money. So 
you can calm down now. We're not going to talk about money. But if the Holy Spirit stirs something you about money, I think it's relevant. So as a good consultant, um, we need to go back to theory and say, what, is, what does the dictionary say about stewardship? What is stewardship? I think it's a word we just throw out. What does it mean? So I went to a very fancy English dictionary, the Merriam-Webster. Happy? Great. So it's the careful and responsible management of something entrusted to one's care. So now there's a Greek word, oikonomos. It's what the, the Greeks used for stewardship. And it just translates, and I'm just going to read it, one who has the authority and responsibility for something. One who is in charge of, one who is responsible for, to administer and manage. And for me, if I look at that, there's three key things that stand out. You oversee what belongs to someone else. That's the first criteria of stewardship. It carries a, you carry authority to manage what has been entrusted to you. And it's responsible. You will give an account to the owner. And then you are a steward. If those three apply to any of your work, what's been given to you, you're a steward. So if we just look at Psalm 24 verse 1, um, for the essence of time, I'm not going to read it now word by word. But in essence, it says, the Lord is the owner of everything. Of everything. So in Greek, all is translated. Uh, I think it's in Hebrew, Greek, French, Spanish. All is all. <laughs> the, root, yeah, the Greek. The Greek <laughs> all is all. He's the owner of everything. He's the owner of your job. He's the owner of your wife. He's the owner of your kids. He owns you. So we have been entrusted as stewards from him. He gave us stuff to manage. And we are responsible for that. Then in 1 Peter 4 verse 10, As each has received a gift... Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied, varied grace. So each and every one of us has received something. It's a gift. And I'm not talking about your degree. I'm not talking about your fancy matric or the lack thereof. It doesn't matter. You have received a gift that is supernatural, that God as the owner of the universe has imparted, has entrusted to you. Then 1 Corinthians 9, verse 16 and 17. For I preach the gospel, this is Paul writing, for, I, if, for if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of, for necessity is laid upon me. Yes, woe is me, woe, woe, woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. For if I do this willingly, I have a reward. But if against my will, I have been entrusted with a stewardship. So just quickly unpacking, whoa. Again, looking at the root, I'm not even going to try and pronounce it. 
It's disaster or horror. That's what Paul meant. So, in essence, if we do not steward what God has given us, it's a disaster. It's a horror in the eyes of the Lord, of the owner that gave it to you. So Paul knew God entrusted something great of value to him that is preaching the gospel. Paul knew his gift wasn't given for him. His benefit, but to others through him. So I just want to dwell on this quickly. Your gift that you have either in business or in music, in ministry, that has been given to you, not for your benefit, but for others through you. I think it's an important aspect to realize that the glue of stewardship or the catalyst is a mindset of serving. It's when we, when we think about the talents we have, and what God has entrusted, if we have a mindset, it's not for me, it's through me blessing you, then we are good stewards in the eyes of the Lord. Okay. So in the essence of time, I'm not going to go through this story, but I think earlier... We, we spoke about seeking, um, getting to know our Savior. And I'm going to maybe use someone else's story, but just to illustrate this point is, let's assume, okay, I went to Joburg last week, which I did, but um, sitting at the hotel next to the pool, just minding my own business, there came a guy that I didn't know, and we started chatting. Uh, so what do you do now? I'm a consultant, what what I was chatting. Um, I was reading a book that was a Christian book, and he's, oh, are you a Christian? I said, yeah, yeah I'm a Christian. And he, yo, he, he as well, and he just started unpacking what he believes. I was like, yo, this guy, I don't even know him, but he's got this willingness just to share. But something was a bit off. And I could hear he's just paraphrasing stuff that he had a revelation from someone else. And he read all this amazing stuff. And he just... And at that moment, there was a guy on the other side of the pool. And I just said to the guy, do you know that guy? He said, no, no. I said, I believe that guy. Um, he's training for the Olympics. He's an amazing swimmer. He's only a vegan. He doesn't eat red meat, which I don't understand, but <laughs> he, he's only eating red meat. He's on a very strict diet. And, and that wife there at the, at the kids' area, he's ten, she's 10 years younger than him, but she loves him to bits. They've got three kids. You know, and they recently relocated to Johannesburg from Cape Town. And the guy was like, how do you, do you know that guy? I said, no, I don't know him. And I was looking like, I said, but I believe that of him. And I was like, yo, when I read that story, it was, what do I believe of something? It's not the same of, 
as what I know of something. So I know Chad is running, is running a lot. I know he's fit because I spend time with him because we do stuff together. I don't believe it. I know that. And I think at the heart of stewardship, of, of imparting what God has planted in you, it's this knowing our Savior is sitting at his feet, seeking answers, seeking wisdom. And maybe if that's the only prayer I have for you, in, in dropping that my stewardship should start with a deep knowing of the owner. And that will drive, that will fuel serving the people I love. And then sometimes, <laughs> yeah, getting back to my tie and, and jacket and why Chad is dressed like he's normally dressed. Um, <laughs> in, in one of the chats we had this week, um, and especially on stewardship, sometimes we, we have the mindset of we are stewarding very well on a Sunday. We are stewarding very well on a Wednesday even, and maybe one or two coffees. But then we remove ourselves and go back to work. Then we go to our families and off we go. And then what I realized in chatting to Chad, if we say we're approximately 100 people in this congregation, there's one guy that earns a salary from the church. That's 1% of us being paid to steward the kingdom. So then... I was like, but what about the other 99? What, what, what is up with that? And God just said, but your gift that operates in teaching or in athletics or in the engineering world or in the construction has a connection in building a kingdom. We're in the business to steward people. We are stewarding people. We are serving people irrespective of your job title or who pays your salary. And that's just why I felt I wanted to dress like I typically would do in Joburg, going to work, and Chad dressing <laughs> in this. <laughs> I wouldn't normally wear this dress, actually. Sure. <laughs> but even in that, I want to encourage each and every one of you, don't undermine the job you're in. Don't undermine the school you're attending. Don't undermine the sport you're doing or the hobbies you have. God is in it. He's put you there for a specific reason. And I want to encourage you to go sit at his feet and drop in your heart, Father, how do I steward this gift of a job, this gift of a relationship, this gift of a sporting talent, to build your kingdom, because then, then he will look at you as a good and faithful servant. So I wanted to go deeper into the parable of the talents, but I think we've run out of time. So what I want to see is how do we link that in? Because I, I, like as we were sharing, I was going, man, I, I really want this man to share what's on his heart, but I'm also going, how do we link it in with what God was doing with the ladies last week? And how do, we, how, how do we faithfully steward 
just even what the Holy Spirit wants to do in our hearts, because that, for me, is so important, that we don't just take these practical lessons and walk away, but that we encounter Jesus in such a way that actually the way we steward is one of hearing, of one where we are led by him, solely by him, and so that the decisions we make, whether they're job opportunities or potential entrepreneurial opportunities or, or the way we parent our children or the way we love our wives, are we, do we, do we wait on him? Are we waiting on him? And I think, you know, there, we, we, we're all at different places in our walk with the Lord. We're all at different seasons or whatever. But, but for me, it was like this absolute overwhelming burden and desire this week. And, and I, I really, you can ask next, it, it was hard for me this week because I couldn't come up with too many words. I'm, I'm actually a guy, believe it or not, of few, few words. I, I say a lot, but I think I sometimes say a lot to almost cover because I, like I, there's not very much I can say that describes Jesus. Like I, I, get, I, I get just stuck there kind of thing, and I'm like, all I can do, even in my worship, is, is just say, I praise you, I worship 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 you, Jesus. I fall on my face, and I worship you. I'm not one of these eloquent kind of prayers. All I want to do is fall on his face and worship him. I want to steward my life in such a way that brings him honor and brings him pleasure and brings him, brings him a glory. And so this morning, we've, I think we've been made to feel a little bit like left out maybe when we hear the stories. Like, why, why didn't... I want to have a touch from God. Like, who feels a little bit like that, eh? I want, to, I, want to, I want that. I want that. And I think, do we know the owner? Do we know the owner? The only way we can encounter the owner is by getting to know him and by spending time. And if you're not, you're missing out. If you're not spending time with the owner, who is Jesus, you're missing out. You have to. You have to. And, it's, and, 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 and it's sometimes it's hard because we get in there and the life's so busy and the day's so full and there's so many activities. And, and I'm prepping my day. And some, I, I was chatting to someone the other day. He said his days have got so busy that he's now having to wake up at half past four so that he can spend time with the Lord. I was like, well, well done. <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 that's incredible. <laughs> that you are prioritizing that. But how much time are we spending at the feet of the one? And so even just maybe in this time, can we just take a few moments just to, to sit at the feet of Jesus and you quieten your thoughts, not allow the distractions of anything to get you, maybe you know, thinking that oh, that's, it's time to go home or just allow him to come right now and to consume your thoughts, to, to just think about his goodness and his faithfulness, that he is, he is the creator of the heavens and the earth, that he's beautiful, that he's wonderful, that he is closer than a brother. He's the lover of our soul, our father. 
He is in heaven, high and lifted up, seated at the right hand of God. His name is holy. His name is powerful. He carries the creative instruction in his voice. He is all-powerful. He is almighty. His kingdom is established, and it will rule and reign forever. Here on this earth, as it is in heaven.